This week's podcast sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 733. This is being recorded on July 26, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. We didn't really have the up and down cadence this time, Josh. It didn't work so well, so. And I probably would have messed it up anyway. You can help support the site by going to uh, Patreon. It's this platform for helping creators, blah, blah, blah. Patreon.com slash PC per and throw as much money at us as you possibly can. Or Uh, Brett will never be able to afford lights again. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, any of us. Yeah, keep the lights on is what we're trying to say. Please help keep the uh, RGB backlights on. We're going to completely ignore the fact that if you're watching the video, all of us have changed position. Well, two of us have changed places, so don't worry about it. You know the important. I did. I did too, but um, I ended up in the same spot again. It's. Somebody pointed out, and it's very true, that I was facing away from everybody. It was, I, it's like I didn't want to be a part of this. That's yeah, not true. Yeah, but now it's being creepy. It's like now I'm looking at, at everybody all the time, and so it's it's better composition. I think it works. No, it's a little creepy. Plus, it's RGB versus anti-RGB. And That's then, true, it is. And then the Apple guy in the middle, who doesn't really fit in. Uh, so he's got the PC Pro logo under him, just so you know. Oh, he's part of us. He's, doesn't, he's not on an Apple podcast. He's on a PC podcast. It says so. Mm. Okay. I have way more PCs in this house than Matt. That logo has anyway. withstood the test of time, unlike yes. yeah. small birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to get mm-hmm. a picture for food, still have a small and it bird just said mine. X, and the bird was gone. Yeah. Oh, I've still got the bird, but it also crashed from about 8 a.m. till about 2 a.m. this afternoon. Doesn't, did it have a whale, or is that gone too? No, it just closed the, no fail whale. the, the, the mobile app, just sort of, boop, your app has crashed. Try clearing your cache. Yeah, that's not going to help. That's uh, that's it's a musky problem. Uh, cash is uh, Canadian cash, by the way. For those not uh, familiar, <laughs> if with you the don't vernacular. know that, then I don't know why you're watching this. No. Yeah, yeah. All right, now we're going to go to Laramie, Wyoming. We're just going to talk about food, talk about burgers, right, Josh? So there I was browsing Facebook right before lunch to see if they posted what the special was. Hmm. Building maintenance. It's an old building. Something <gasps> happened. They're closed for two days. I didn't get a burger. Well, I mean, I got a Wendy's burger, but who wants to see a picture of a Wendy's burger? You can get a Wendy's burger anywhere. I mean, they're, they're kind of a step above regular burgers for the most part. I mean, better Fresh never frozen. Never frozen. I know. And uh, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like a Big Mac now and then. If that isn't completely obvious to you. But uh, it's not the same as getting a Wendy's double. It's just not. Sometimes you just need a regular hamburger. You know what? Wendy's delivered. Well, no, I went to them to go oh. get it, but they mm-hmm. they still mm-hmm. delivered no, the product through the you're such a drive through window. Through the window. Hey, what about this? Yeah. <laughs> Are you responsible for this? Hey, what? You tweeted about it, or I mean, you X oh, about well. it. You know, that's... Uh, he excreted? Yeah, he ex- expressed himself. Excrete. So that's that's from our sponsor today, HelloFresh. 
That's their uh, creamy, spicy panko fried chicken thingy. I don't know what mm-hmm. the real thing is. I'll tell you what. You know, they, they have pretty good stuff, but boy, those guys like scallions. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they give you some serious scallions. <laughs> and then you use all the scallions. And then next thing you know, all you taste are scallions. And uh, But otherwise, it was uh, really good. So next time, I'm going to cut out some of the scallions. Otherwise, yeah. It's good, Josh. Good in uh, in my kit this week, it was uh, an abundance of horseradish spread for the burgers. Mm. Actually, Ooh. horseradish mm. spread that's kind of like Arby's yes. horsey sauce. No, it was literally oh. a a horsey radish spread. Uh, I did it uh, with um, had some sautéed mushrooms on there. Um, did a little bit of flavoring on the on the meat. Uh, it was a very very fine burger. Nice. I'm, I'm I'm getting a little that tired. Some scallions of cutting would be really nice. Scallions, yeah. I love I, scallions. I, all three of the meals that I had this week were scallions. Hmm. I, I guess I'm getting some minerals I I really needed. The French onion is good for you. Hmm. In our first news story this week, and these are in no particular order, it's just that AMD has finally released a public driver for Phoenix. Mobile parts that until now, there's been a lot of concern in the community. I was following this on uh, x.com uh, over the last few days. And uh, DGPU and iGPU Radeon RDNA 3 drivers have been combined. So now just whatever the current driver is, I hope, going forward, like with this last driver release, 23.7.2, it's unified. So it has desktop and mobile together, living in perfect harmony. Well, except for Z1. So Ryzen Z1, like in the ROG... Ally not included, so you still have to get those uh, yeah. another another way. I've not used one of these parts yet, so I wasn't concerned personally, but I know that there were people who were Phoenix driver. Hmm. Yeah, previously that was through your OEM exclusively. All right, that was a great story. Glad we let off with it. Yep, good call. Mm-hmm. Let's do good it. Call. Keep it off right. I did, actually, I had a placeholder story above it just called Thing for a while. And then I just deleted it and made this number one because I couldn't find another yeah. number one. You deleted the thing because it's number one. You know, I think we we started out by saying these stories are in no particular order. And I, I did. I said that. that. Yep. Oh, yes. Hey, one other interesting note. If you look at the uh, release notes for Journal Edition 23.7.2, go under important notes. It says factory reset has been temporarily disabled as a precautionary uh, measure while we address isolated installation issues that have been reported during PC upgrades, users may use yeah. AMD cleanup utility as a temporary option. Now, Sebastian, they say temporarily, but I believe it's the last five driver updates yes. that I've done. Yes. I've noticed that. I was trying to do clean installs uh, when I was switching no, driver you, versions. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I guess I got to DDU nope. this thing because like, there's no clean install option. I haven't used that AMD utility in a while. I didn't know they even still had it. Yep, but they haven't updated it in forever. Yeah. Although it, it it's more fun DDU. to run when you're running an AMD uh, motherboard and chips and uh, yeah, like so install some of the chips stuff sometimes. Everything. Least, yeah. DDU is probably the better option, regardless. But yeah, you gotta but be it will to safe mode. It's a whole thing. Well, you should. You have to. You millennials. You, you <laughs> okay. can. Hey, Kent. The, the network cable. Stop it. Kent. Unplug yeah. the network cable. Uninstall. 
Ken, when was it the works. last time you got into safe mode on a Windows 10 or 11 machine? About oh, six hours uh, ago. Probably about <laughs> a week ago. Okay. Is there a better way? Tell me the better way to get into safe mode without it rebooting. Oh, no, they make it worse every uh. time. Windows 11, you need to do a tap dance pretty much to get into safe mode now. Windows 10 and 11 are bad for it. Although I have discovered that uh, some gigabyte motherboards have a switch that you can program in the BIOS to mm. boot into safe mode. Say what now? Yes, the, uh, the, the reset switch on the motherboard, which is, uh, oh. is actually a physical button on the motherboard, yep. is programmable in the BIOS. And there are several options. Um, and one of them is to program it to boot into safe mode. Oh, that is so it's much fantastic. better than having to reboot holding a key and then hitting the th- boot screen and then doing the other key. And then now it might offer oh, you. It's, yeah. Right. Because it's yeah, once you get into it, then it's troubleshooting, startup options. Yeah, safe mode is buried behind Reboot. The- <laughs> then you hit option four for safe mode. Wait. And when I was doing this on the X670 eboard, back when it was taking two minutes to boot. And was- yes, Makona, but sometimes you can't get to that point where you can hit that. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're doing safe boot, it's for a real bad reason. It's, I mean, if you're already yeah. in Windows, you can just log out and then hold down the shift button and hit restart. Yeah. Holding shift while you restart gets you into the troubleshooting options, which then lets you choose the advanced startup set- yeah. settings and then choose safe But you mode. can go into system config and, and tell it to, hey, this time you're doing a safe minimal boot or, mm-hmm. you know. But, but since this discussion... Never hit the active directory repair button, by the way. That toggle <laughs> is the devil. It will not do anything you want it to. But since the discussion started with using DDU and having to go into safe mode, there is actually a setting in DDU to tell it to just reboot into safe mode. And then you're in safe mode and it will run. And then you go back into your regular Windows environment. Uh, safe mode fantastic. for dummies. There's also a shortcut in DDU to disable <laughs> driver installation through Windows Update, which is handy, if that actually yes. still works. Because I do what Jeremy taught me to do now, which is I create a, um, what is it called? It's a, like a local rule. It's a machine level or user level where you have to tell it to ignore. Oh, one of your GPOs, yeah. Uh, yeah. That will be machine level. Okay. Now, I can only speak to Windows 10. Um, as of about three months ago, but that button did still work in DDU to Good. disable uh, updates through through Windows. Nothing's At worse than point. running DDU and then rebooting, and then it's already installed the wrong driver again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Helpfully. Hey, the computer yes. wants to help. In our next news story, Micron has a press release about HBM, that's high bandwidth memory. They now have the densest, fastest HBM ever. And it's How also How dense is it? Well, let's see. It's uh, it's denser. I mean, uh, bandwidth greater than 1.2 terabytes a second. Uh-huh. Each pin doing 9.2 gigabits. I mean, mm. that is the promised 50% jump. Stack? Yeah. It's eight layer. Let's wait for this little site to load. 50% increase from the previous generation HBM3 in their testing anyways. Yeah. We shall see. 
And it's more energy efficient. 2.5x improvement in performance per watt. It's got to accelerate those AI workloads in the data center, you know. So uh, It's generative AI from now on. I think oh, that's, sorry. that's what you need to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't forget that. that generative AI. right there. Where have I there been? Right there. I feel like just a week ago, it was just AI. And now it's no, no, no. Generative, generative AI. AI. Okay. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, I mean, deep learning. Brackets. Yep. Yep. Deep learning is still a thing. You can okay. still say that. Okay. Uh, okay. And HPC. Because is it okay to say machine learning? Or is that it is. Not Only sure. in certain circumstances. Okay. I know. It's tough keeping track of the, all the new vernacular. Yes. Because they are trying to supercharge AI innovation. Uh, and then sell it to you for up, an upcharge. Yes. Or just rent it to mm-hmm. you by the hour. Because you oh, yeah, I think only people really fighting good. against yeah, I can't, it. I can't wait until they leverage five, five G <laughs> at the edge for AI. Of course, it'll be a paradigm shift. It will. It's and the only the people blockchain. fighting against the AI invasion is the Screen Actors Guild. Mm. Topical. Mm-hmm. You know something that is not confusing. If you're thinking enterprise storage, Solidime. And remember, this started off Who as Intel storage. And oh. now they've got the world's biggest SSD. It's almost 62 terabytes, 61.44. I like the uh, floppy disk reference in the middle there. 1.44. Uh? Uh-huh. So that would make a really good Steam drive for half your games. Yes. All hey, I can hear when- is Eric Cartman, Eric Cartman yelling, Beefcake! Can barely get through the door. Remember when Alan was first doing latency percentile testing and he had a floppy disk, a dual density floppy disk? Yep. For an example. And then he oh, yeah. I just wonder if his uh his fingerprints are on this one point four four, that's all. I just, I, it's the E one yeah. L that I have a question about. It's actually a magic wand. Like that's, don't plug it in. It's a long format. A long format. Now yeah. they do have a typical a typically mils. shaped format that the U U dot two which is fairly, you know, usable by many, many different converters. So that's absolutely. But it seems to be like sort of wrapped in a shell as opposed to just having a heat sink on the top. Does seem that way. Yes. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. sort of very curious about what this will work out as. Yeah. The, the physical size of these, I think there's probably something electrical or the way they had to arrange all the ships they mm-hmm. needed that sort of pushed them into this, this physical form yeah. factor. So is your QLC uh, the, drives, I assume, to get this yes. level of density? Yes. 192 yes. Yes. layer. It's 192 yes. layer QLC. But the thing is that it's QLC done in a sort of a different way. Okay. They've got a wacky controller that they're being, you know, cagey about, as you will be, until you can actually uh, get some solid stuff out there. Uh, but they're, they're sort of claiming that there'd be no point in using TLC for it. Hmm. And even the endurance they're sort of arguing about that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got a bit of decent endurance to it. I'm not sure. I'm not sold. I need to find out, uh, you know, how it's going to be. But if you're buying oh, that uh, the 62 terabytes, your endurance is going to be massive. Yes. That's the thing. It's so huge. And yeah. at 62 terabytes, do you want to pay MLC prices? Or TLC price, or sorry, TLC prices rather. That's going to be, yeah. yeah. 
So if they can pull off what they seem to be saying uh, in the, this press release, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. And it that will last, be because um, that last chart had an endurance column, so there's that was speaking to what you were just talking about. Yeah, it will be interesting to see because if they can keep this at a reasonable price, it's enterprises that are going to be looking for this amount of storage. I mean, sure, there's a few of us out there, like a certain uh, Maltavino that will be buying 62 terabyte, well, almost 62 terabyte drives. But for the vast majority of us, we're going to go for something smaller. But for enterprise, this is the thing. And yeah, if the cost up front is terrifying, they're not going to do it. But if you can pull this off with QLC, that would be very interesting. But we've got to wait because for the benchmarks and reviews. Oh, so. it will be. Yeah, but not TLC price. No, I said it last week in my pick. All be- hail the Malventano, and I believe in Alan Malventano. <laughs> w W A D, right? What would Alan do? You know no, what Alan store? What Alan used to do was help Ryan Trout market Intel Arc graphics, and it's time for mandatory Arc coverage. Yes. It's about time. Now, as has been reported in various places, such as uh, videocards.com, Newegg has a listing, and there's actually a, there's a page up on ASRock's website as well. They now officially have a 16 gigabyte version of the ARC A770. So no longer is it just down to that one Acer branded A770. After all, the Intel branded ones go away, the limited editions that Intel discontinued. Now we have two. So I'm, I'm glad that they picked it up. $329.99, $329.99, it's just the standard price for an ARC A770. And I can only buy 20 at a time? And they're back ordered. Yeah. They're not officially available until the 28th. Yeah. So order now. Order as many as you can, as fast as you can. And uh, then they will arrive on the 28th. Or they'll ship on the 28th. So you can get the 8 gigabyte version of the ASRock Phantom Gaming ARC So it's charging 40 bucks. Yeah, $40 more. The oh, other one is yeah. $289. Get it. That's get steel. the 16 gigabyte version. Yeah. It's cheaper yeah. than the Acer. It's ten dollars cheaper than the Acer, which is also on sale, by the way. Yeah, 15, how's that fifteen percent off? They raised the price. Oh, inflation, mm. man. And our next news story. I posted this uh, myself. Actually, I was very excited about this Ooh. press release in my email. Crucial has launched the X9 Pro and, perhaps more importantly, the X10 Pro portable SSDs. Why does this matter? There's a lot of portable SSDs in the market, but there are not a lot that are USB 3.2 Gen 2 by 2. Oh, okay. So we finally, this black one here, this is the X10. That is a 2 by 2, which means it doubles the bandwidth. So no longer are you limited to 10 gigabit per second. You get 20 gigabit per second. As long as you have a you know, you know motherboard or laptop that can support this, you can have up to 2,100 megabytes per second reads and 2,000 megabytes per second writes. So we're into... Wow. Those are cheap. And yeah, the price is not... like Think about this. Wow. This is four terabytes of two by two, 2,000 megabytes per second speed for moving huge, you know, video files around. At uh, 290? That's insane. That's an intro- hmm. I think it's an introductory price because yeah, uh, the still. list price is a little higher than that, and they're all on sale do, right now. Do you, do you know how nice this would have been for frame rating back in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It just shows it as a standard price on uh, Amazon. On Crucial's website, it shows that it's a markdown from like three thirty nine ninety nine. But it could just be that hmm. they're too... That's such a good price. 
Wow. I'm starting to like USB-C more than I thought I would. It's very convenient. <laughs> it, I like the power it, delivery and the faster speeds and all that kind of stuff. It's finally being used uh, to its potential uh, instead of as just a USB connector that you don't have to flip back and forth to get it installed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, for a long so time, it was just X670. annoying in converting it back to USB-A. That was yeah. kind of what so I So when do we get to start calling it. it the lightning port again? Yeah. Wait, what was... Uh, lightning was Intel, right? And then it was Thunderbolt yeah. on and then Apple. Thunderbolt, well, it was Apple, and then they just sort of bailed on it. Yeah, and then the USB-IF decided, oh, let's just adopt... USB 4 became... Is that tech? I don't know. Is USB 4 just no, going to... No, it's USB, USB 4 low latency... Light, uh, oh, David, you're right in the YouTube chat. Light Peak. That was the original. Oh, right. Ah, it wasn't Lightning. Intel was, was Light, Light Peak. Peak, and it was actually optical, not copper, right? And then Thunderbolt was copper. Yep. And then, oddly, Apple went with Lightning for just their little flimsy card edge oh, connector for their yeah. iPhone. All right. Hmm. Uh, we've been through a lot, haven't we? We have. It hurts. Speaking of pain. I'm just surprised nobody brought up Firewire. <laughs> I, 400, not 400 or 800 megabits. Hey, Firewire <laughs> was was king during the DV camcorder era. I mean, that's Sony how you got your video off of your camera. Embraced Firewire. 1394B. Yep, yeah, 1394, mm. that big skinny, thick cable. What was the little Daisy tiny one that, that Sony used on all of their cameras? I don't remember the variant. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. I liked FireWire 800. Anyway. That was a nice connector. Yep. Yep. Obviously a lot more. On the back of every sound card. I have a few yes, cases that have FireWire connector on them. Hey, it was a robust connector. Yeah. That Size Sony Vio PC I used on a live stream a while back, that's got it all. It's got... Um, oh, I'm sure. RCA like and component like video inputs on the back. There's two different SD card. card readers. Uh, I think that's what it came with. Actually, it was like a a TV Wonder card, and it has FireWire you, and all this stuff. YouTube chat has surfaced the name iLink. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. No power. Wasn't that a uh, a duet by Dolly Parton and some other person? iLink in the uh, stream. Kenny Rogers. That is no, what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was. That was. Anyway. But we rely on each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Our next news story, Windows 11 23H2. Get so excited. So you know how you asked for, for Microsoft never to redesign Explorer from the ground up again? Well, they heard you. And... They redesigned Explorer from the ground up And it just looks like a messy browser window. And with all the crap they're adding, because, of course, you've got to integrate Bing and AI search and, you know. Where's my Yahoo toolbar? Windows Copilot, which almost sounds like the return of Microsoft Bob. I I was trying to decide if I should make the Clippy joke or the Bob joke. And it was tough, but, well, we recently lost the guy that designed Clippy, and he did mention that he regretted it to this day, so... I thought I went with Clippy, but yeah, it is seriously. And Leaping Computer tried it out. They're like, it's like running, running Bing.com from within Microsoft Edge. 
It's not fully <laughs> integrated into the operating system. It's like a layer over top. And I'm like, oh, that is just not good. Activating Windows Copilot is a straightforward process conveniently located on the taskbar. The sidebar is present across all Windows programs and all apps, Windows. ensuring consistent assistance. So don't worry. It's supposed to be there, like the the right side of your screen under Windows Vista with your uh, widgets or whatever those were. The widgets was OS well, I, 10. What did they call those? Uh, tiles. No, before tiles. Oh, Vista. no. The right-hand side of the screen. Live. They were like these yeah, no, those were widgets. Were they widgets? Because OS widgets. Micro, uh, yeah. Apple called theirs widgets, I thought. Yeah, well, Microsoft decided to uh, just sort of go with it, too. Yes. And, I mean, you've got the new uh, hub bar from Office on the other side, so you've lost literally half. Three quarters of your screen to to. No, that's why you need to get an ultra wide. The the ultra wide form factor was secretly developed by Microsoft so that you could, a third of your screen could just be Bing, all the time. And the Xbox Game Bar, don't forget. Oh, don't forget. Because good lord, if you get rid of that, it gets upset. And then you'll get upset. Your Ryzen Ryzen seventy nine fifty X three D will be unhappy with you. Whoops. But, I just love how Microsoft, it, it, if you, if the first time you build the castle, it falls down and go dissolves into the swamp. And the second time you build the castle, well, it burns down, falls over, and goes into the swamp. But the third, <laughs> but the thing is that we keep saying, please don't add extra crap to our interface. And so they do. And everyone hates it. And so they get rid of it. And the next time it comes around, and they add a whole bunch of extra crap to your stuff and you don't like it and they sort of give you a way to get rid of it. But this time, this time, this is what you want your desktop to look like. I guarantee it. I am desperately trying to find ways to block this because it's not far off. This is Windows 11 23H2. This will be probably, well, they're saying October-ish. I'm going to guess late September. But it's coming, and you're going to have to find a way to stop it if you don't want it, because trying to integrate the interface so that it looks the same on the big screen and the computer and the phone. Oh, wait, Microsoft doesn't do phones anymore, but uh, the Surface. If only they did. for them, and they keep trying, and they keep trying, and they keep trying. You know, when I use Windows Phone, I could get in, get out, and then get on with my life. I wasn't tied down. I, I used a tile, a live tile, that would show me things like a new message that came in, uh, what the weather is like outside. The temperature, the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was great. Microsoft stock price. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, we have that on the list somewhere, too. We should probably get to that. Yeah. The yeah. YouTube chat points out that Apple does the exact opposite and continues to remove things that, that you might have <laughs> wanted. And like, for instance, yep. this is a classic example. Battery life. Well, <laughs> yes, you can still get that with the option key. Hold down the option. That comes anyway, in the upgrade. <laughs> it used to be fairly simple in, in Apple's GUI to, to configure RAID. Imagine that. RAID was accessible to the average user right in the GUI, right in the disk manager, and it was fairly easy to do. And they took that away. They don't want you to be able to do that anymore. You can still no. do it on the command line, it's too but dangerous. it's annoying. It's too dangerous the for the average that, person. 
The thing that baffles me about this story is that, and it's like Jeremy said, they keep introducing these things. And so there is a room full of people at Microsoft that keep saying to each other, this is a great idea. And it's like, who hired these people? Because they're idiots. Yeah. This soapbox brought to you by Microsoft. We're making your life easier. Speaking of Microsoft, they just had their uh, earnings webcast. They talked about their fourth quarter results. Because, of course, you know, in July, it's fourth quarter of some year. And they're doing really well. I mean, their revenue was up 8%, uh, $56.2 billion in revenue. Their operating income was $24.3 billion, which was 18% up. Net income was up 20% to $20 billion. If you go to go scrolling down here to the section about Windows, under more personal computing, revenue decreased $556 million. Windows revenue decreased $337 million, driven by a decrease in Windows OEM. That market has Mm. decreased 12%, according to them, quote, primarily driven by continued PC market weakness, end quote. Oh, so it's not the year that Linux takes over. Now, I suppose this is in, still in comparison to the COVID era when everyone stayed home and wanted to play games. I so, guess so. Well, they were selling a lot of yeah. PCs for a little while yeah. and people mm-hmm. needed a newer one, needed a Yes. A and, or work from home. For Zoom. I'm, I'm doing air quotes yep. when I said work from home, Zoom from home. Yeah, people were playing games with them. Uh, yeah. Apparently Logitech, were is really, Logitech also took a really big loss. Oh, yeah. Well, no loss, but nowhere near what they expected. Right, because, yeah. Well, you couldn't sustain yeah, the, the type that kind of buying. The Logitech webcams oh. were like gold for a while there. Oh, gotcha. In our next story, tech can actually be useful, too. No, Like uh, the 2023 Hackaday Prize for assistive tech. There's some finalists. There are. No, uh, and apparently Hackaday had some uh, technical problems, which is why it's taken so long to get to uh, some of the finalists for the, the last couple of categories. But they do this every year, and the whole idea is that, hey, submit a full project. You have to detail all of the components that you use, all the steps that you make to make this thing work, and if, and then submit it. You can win some seriously good money and at the same time, help people out. Like the the picture that you were looking at, and for the audio of it, listeners, uh, it is a refreshable Braille display, which is completely and totally affordable. You do need a 3D printer to be able to do some of the things, but really, it's just being able to turn uh, a monitor into a, a tactile web experience so you can totally read stuff in Braille without a problem. Uh, another one. You guys, uh, you guys remember sneakers, right? Yep. Movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I it do. was the, the blind blind hacker who yeah. who had those. So they uh, figured this out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And to top that one off, another one came up with an inexpensive uh, 3D Braille printer. So it actually just you, you give it a fresh piece of paper, and it will emboss Braille text on it. Done. You don't have to buy that, and I don't know if you've had any sight-impaired friends, but the the typewriter to do, be able to make Braille paper before was stupid expensive. This is not. 
So you've got sort of the, the dead tree version or the uh, live version. Uh, they also did one that uh, helps with uh, hearing impaired so that you can, uh, instead of being an audio cue, it's a visual cue. Uh, someone programmed a robot hand to be able to speak ASL. So it'll translate audio into ASL and then back. Uh, it's Yeah, I really love what Hackaday does with these prizes because they're all trying to just make things better. And the best thing about it is everything is open source. All of these projects, you can literally go into Hackaday, you can find out the material costs, the material, the actual materials you need, and the steps to create it yourself. This is part and parcel with being able to enter the contest. Once you win the contest, you get uh, tens of thousands of dollars, uh, a place at Hackerspace down in San Francisco. Hey, if you've got any ideas, follow these guys, or if you, you just want to check it out, I highly recommend them. Good news, everyone. Futurama's back <laughs> again. I didn't know it was gone again. Oh, they canceled it. They brought it back. They've made movies. They've had David Cross Hip, play the voice of Hypno. The Hypno Toad is back. Okay. Oh, it's on Hulu now. All right. It's on Hulu. No, Hulu. Yes. Comedy Central had ordered new episodes. And I remember there being some new seasons that ended in 2013. Yes. And then. They were going to bring it back, and then it was uh, it was John DiMaggio who refused to come back. I thought there's going to dispute. Yes, they uh, offered him a boatload of money, so um, he said, "Okay, I'll come back." Yes, and but now uh, they can't do anything because there's a big strike. So I guess this is all yeah. for nothing. So there's uh, there there is there are three episodes listed on Hulu. Um, the first one is the only one that's live right now. Uh, my wife and I watched it earlier this evening. Well, it wasn't Godfellas or Luck of the Fryrish. It was still quite good quality Futurama. Uh, they did a lot of poking fun at themselves, poking fun at uh, Hulu, uh, who is their new streaming service, um, and, and just uh, a lot of things in the world. And uh, it was wonderful. It was like seeing an old friend again after 10 years. Hey, do you want to do the whole thing over again? That was that. Uh, that was as tear jerking as uh, Fry's dog waiting for him. And they oh, yes, really the last sure. That's so previous. sad. Yeah. That also, is, again, they hired mathematicians to like develop the coronet theory of the universe, which actually does mathematically work out. <laughs> <laughs> and Al Gore's daughter actually worked as a writer on the series yep. back in the day, hmm. which is how they got him to appear as a voice in a few episodes. Yeah. As himself, no less. That was in Al Gore's head, though. It was just his head. Yes. It was his just head like, yeah, in many, yeah. many historical figures came back as my as favorite as. episode of Futurama of all time. This will not be a surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast is the one where all the original cast members of the original Star Trek series, except for Scotty, who didn't want to yeah. do it because Shatner was doing it. Um, this, they call, instead of doing, they had, uh, they called him Scotty or Sulu. Well, Scotty. Well, she, 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 well, she,
because that's not a Scottish accent. That's a Welsh accent. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was the they did a whole city on the edge of forever sort of take, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It was the yes, they did. It, well, where no fan has really. gone before. Yes. It was uh, the like the giant amorphous blob. It was arena basically. Oh, okay. They had them do mm-hmm. like they fight oh, to the death. Okay. And well, then no, the blob was... gets in trouble with his mom, and he's like, "Mom, I play with my collectibles." And then he... yeah, it's literally a, the plot of an. It was an original Star Trek episode. Yeah, arena. Okay. And the Squire of Gothos. A great episode. One of the best. And it's where uh, Roddenberry, of course, who inserted Q when they decided to go from a pilot to a two-hour TV yeah. movie for the Star Trek The Next Generation, um, he added the Squire of Gothos essentially back in. But that's yeah. Q in The Next Generation. But, but Delancey did such a better job on it. I, I love they them both. Have, they couldn't I don't let know go. the name of the actor who did the original, but the Squire was, was excellent. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Tell me that you've had enough of the frozen dinners already this summer. You can have your free time and create fresh and tasty meals with HelloFresh. Let HelloFresh take care of the meal planning and deliver you top quality ingredients so that everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right at your door. Those pre-portioned ingredients help cut down on wasted food while step-by-step instructions make cooking a breeze and not a chore. And personally, I do need those instructions when building something in the kitchen. Believe me, our entire package from HelloFresh was impressive. We first made delicious creamy tomato soup with sauce in only about 20 minutes. All the ingredients were clearly set out for two or four people, well-marked, and the recipe card was informative and very easy to follow. The finished soup was fantastic and well accompanied by their oven-baked cheesy baguettes as a side. Again, supplied as uncooked ingredients, just like everything else. Delicious. HelloFresh also has a variety of options that you want for making great dinners, so it's not just the same thing all the time. They keep out the boredom with 40 recipes to choose from each week. You can always find something familiar to like or a great new dish to try and love. So go to HelloFresh.com PCPer50 and use code PCPer50 for 50% off and free shipping. So start your experience with America's number one meal kit and go to HelloFresh.com PCPer50 and use code PCPer50 for 50% off and free shipping. We're back and it's time for Security Corner. Oh, no, really? It's Security Corner. The time where we make everyone cry. Their yeah. life sucks now. It's a bird. Yeah. It's a plane. It's a Microtech Super Admin bug. Oh, it hurts. Yep. And, and Microtech has been hit by so many things that, I mean, honestly, if you're running this, and apparently there are still about a million devices out there, uh, you probably should get rid of it. Because before I even go into what this does. The thing about Microtech's router OS is that it ships with a built-in administrator account called admin with a blank password. Uh, recently, they stopped shipping it with a blank password. They put in a random one, but there is no complexity requirements whatsoever. So you can just make it one, two, three, four, like the combination of my luggage, if you like. Hmm. So the thing about it is they've been hit many times they, they actually helped uh, inadvertently make a world record uh, for the, the Marius botnet. Uh, they were part and parcel in making that the biggest one ever. But the thing is that eventually they find new things. And so anything running router OS or their uh, Winbox uh, local program 
that will let you uh, uh, hit a virtual machine much easier. If you've got admin access and they don't put any protection on for bulk, uh, or sorry, for uh, brute force password guessing, like if you just keep throwing in passwords at the admin account, if you manage to get in a, a remote access, which isn't hard because these are edge devices, uh, it it won't lock you out. It'll, it'll just let you keep guessing passwords until eventually you get in. And you'll get in with admin access, which will give you the amusingly named super admin, which is essentially what they're saying is it's you, you now have the same permissions as the OS does for talking to registers, for, you know, calling basic function calls, which means that you can now unknowingly to the person who owns it, jailbreak this device, hide everything that you ever do from that point on and just, you know, use it for whatever you feel like. It's obscene. So this is one of those, you have to kind of be on the target network. A lot of these, I don't know if all of them are, are edge devices edge, per se. Yeah. A lot of them are switch are switch only and have no like NAT or bridge capabilities to them, I don't think. Yeah. And um, frankly, if so it's a dumb you switch. You have to be on the network. Yeah, go ahead. If, you're, if it's a dumb switch, you're good. Because they're mm-hmm. dumb. They can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But if well, you're doing a router... Of them are- or you're doing a managed oh. switch. Yeah, they all have router OS yeah. is what they're talking about. And now the, the Microtech switches can operate in two modes. They can operate in dumb switch mode, as you were saying, or they can essentially operate in router OS mode, which is unfortunately wedgeable as uh, yeah. detailed well, You want to bottomize it. You want to switch it maybe to dumb switch mode. If that's really all you're using, you're not using any advanced um, tagging or anything like that for uh, network uh, latency checking or, or traffic shaping or anything like that, you should probably put it in dumb switch mode. Yeah. But don't worry, you can just dump it and buy a Cisco because we haven't found a brand new Cisco vulnerable 9.8 vulnerability this week yet. <sighs> uh, yeah, the, you know, it's only Wednesday. So, <laughs> hey, if you're still running Zen 2 base no. AMD CPUs, hmm. there's a new. Encryption breaking, password leaking bug <clears throat> that could take months to fix, according to Ars Technica. Zenbleed. Clever. Clever. Zenbleed. So these are the only the, the, the 3000 series. So that's, that's two generations back. Not saying well, that there's not a lot of these CPUs still out there, because there <clears throat> are. They did some weird stuff on the laptops, though, Josh. Hmm. Where you know some of the newer laptops are actually running it, and uh, the four thousand G series. So if you bought one of them, yeah. The the good news is if you bought one of the original Epic seventy twenties, the patch is already out. So grab it. Other than us, that you're gonna have to wait sometime between October to December. But this thing is just nasty. No, no physical hardware address or uh, no physical hardware access to be able to get a physical hardware address. Uh, no elevated, elevated access to be done. All you need is a nasty JavaScript on a website and you're infected. And the nasty thing about this is it'll send data from registers at about 30 kilobytes 
per, per core per second, which is literally enough for real-time monitoring. So whatever you are passing on that processor can be grabbed at real-time and recorded. So that doesn't just mean what you're doing, but also passwords, data processing, everything. The good news is it's never been detected in the wild yet. Proof of concept code has been posted. It's not going to be too long before, you know, you were wishing that this was back in Rohammer days or Spectre because those were much easier to be done. This one, yeah, it's going to take a while to figure things out and fix stuff up and then get it pushed out. And then uh, depending on how it goes, because... Uh, the, the Ars Technica story was implying that it's actually the motherboards that are going to need to be patched. Doesn't make much sense to me. I, th I would have thought that would be a microcode on the CPU, but it may well be the chipset. In the meantime, if you're running critical systems on these, if you put an, an emulation layer in between it, it will completely defeat it. Because now it's, you know, it can't pass the commands through and be able to get at your, your registers and such. Oh, this is just nasty. Nasty. And literally AMD saying, yeah, by December, we'll be able to fix this. I, I like them, but I don't like that answer. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'd forgotten that the uh, 3000 series is actually rebranded. Yeah. 5700 7020. All the mobile parts. That stinks. And you know that that uh, laptop you bought is definitely going to be supported for that three years, and they'll still be pushing BIOS updates. Hmm. Yeah. Versus in the no, chat, it's remembering that Zen 2 didn't come along until the Ryzen 3000 stuff on desktop. I'd forgotten that Zen. Yeah. Plus, Zen 1 Plus. Yeah, it was the 2000. Or Zen series. Plus. I wasn't uh, doing CPU reviews back then. I was well, still, uh, at least AMD only went to one plus and not two or three. Yeah. But yeah, no, this one is nasty and I hate it because there are so many systems out there that are going to be vulnerable to this. Hey, just, and just upgrade. This is the, this is the time to upgrade to AM5 because it doesn't affect Ryzen 7000. Yeah. So yeah. Why is I mean, the, uh, just out of curiosity, why is the 5000 series desktop not affected by this? Because it was essentially the same three. architecture. It was it Zen three? The, I yeah, the, Zen three. The fourth. Oh, wait a minute. The like the five thousand series. Well, the five thousand desktop. Seven thousand. Was AP? Never mind. I don't want to try <laughs> to remember. There's about seventy three different architectures with all the yeah, brands. And they were reusing was thinking, them and swapping them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and their mobiles were always a half step yep. different than desktop yes. stuff. And yeah. their numbering scheme was in the four thousands for that was just yeah. pretty weird. What what architecture is the five thousand series APUs? Like the fifty seven hundred G. That should be is what? See full specifications, okay. Oh, YouTube chat knows so that the consoles were all Zen 2, so all of the Zen 2 AP, all the oh, AP, boy, holy AMD. Crap. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Holy crap. That's oh. terrifying. 
Don't bank on your. Hey, it's not like the consoles are connected to the internet at all times. So no, you know your credit card information and all that stuff. Yeah, it'll be fine. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Bloody hell! Yeah, it it won't be fine. By the way, it's not fine. Thank you, Al. You just made Security Corner worse. I can't wait until there's a update. Because I'm proud of you for my PS5 that makes it slower to (laughs) mitigate stuff. Ah, moving on to the next uplifting story. Yeah, more, yes. more of this is from our second guy. <laughs> There's <again>. firmware, more. <laughs> firmware vulnerabilities in millions of computers could give hackers super user status. Is that the same thing? We Was that story number one? No, no, it isn't. This is actually different. So Gigabyte had a ransomware attack against their, essentially, the home base of them, their, their own environment. And over 100 gigabytes of data was extracted from uh, the Gigabyte, the company itself. And it happened to include the firmware that a US-based company um, co- called AMI. They make the um, the microcontrollers that go essentially small computers, they act as small computers, yeah. on server-level boards. So that if people are familiar with IPMI, it used to be called that, I think it's called something fish, red, I think it's redfish or something like that, that now, for remote command execution, for reinstalling OSs, for when you're, you want to do um, remote administration. That's essentially the first login that you usually get uh, on the on the maintenance network is to an IPMI controller where you can then control the machine functions and then cross log into the console, uh, things of that nature. Built in nicety to server OSs. Well, due to the extraction of this a couple of years ago, this firmware dump was studied and multiple vulnerabilities have been uh, discovered. Not taken advantage of yet, but it was fairly easy uh, to find the problems in the in this firmware. And it's either uh, for local access, so regular users that happen to be uh, a non-privileged account who, that could access the IPMI controller, as well as fully remote capable ways of taking advantage of the system and killing cloud computers that have this, this AMI controller on it. I don't know if it's just gigabyte boards that have this AMI, IPMI controller on it, or whether it's many more, but this could affect dramatically cloud computing in a very, very bad way. Highly critical. And that's without even, we're not even going to mention the stolen Microsoft security key. And what I didn't that, even get into that one. <laughs> yeah, we don't even want to get into that because we still have more bad news for you. Yeah, I didn't even want to talk about that one. This is, this is bad enough. That, yeah. Because the IPMI controllers, they're oftentimes they're, you have to kind of maybe SSH into a, a local, essentially a, a proxy box, then you can get into the IPMI controllers. So if that's the case, that may insulate them somewhat from the outside world, but many are not. Uh, this could be devastating. It hasn't been taken advantage of yet, but it's likely, why not soon? But don't worry, Google's air gap their system, so they'll be safe. <laughs> we shouldn't uh, bring that one up, because that is just the silliest thing I've heard all week. Oh yeah, the next the next one is uh, if you think you're you know yeah. this is a totally different one. Yeah, if you hey, think you're running you're uh, safe because you don't run Windows, think again. Yeah, yeah, think again. So two, this was actually posted like today or yesterday. Two fresh off the right out of the toaster, popping popping hot fresh Linux vulnerabilities on uh, Ubuntu uh, kernel has the potential for unprivileged local users to get. Um, elevated privileges. And the way this is done is uh, through an over what's called like an overlay OS um, capability that has the um, ability to 
to layer a new file system atop an existing one for legitimate purposes. And there was there were some problems with that. And Ubuntu had patched several flaws out of that environment or that that subsystem. And that had been working for a period of years. So now some competing uh, patches or changes were put into the um, the code stream from another uh environment and they were merged together with the Ubuntu uh, release and they did not co-mix well and essentially opened those flaws up again. So there are uh, in the wild right now um, ways of taking advantage of this. So if you're running a Ubuntu system, just make sure that dig into the latest patch for Ubuntu and make sure that you're getting these two CVEs patched because they're they're pretty bad. And, and this is a local user privilege escalation. It's a mere 7.8. Come on. <laughs> it's because it's not our, it's not remote code executable. It's not RCE. That's probably why it's a low. It's a low or you know below an well, 8. 7.8 anyway. is not low. But yeah. But, so again, weaponized exploits for this are already publicly out yep. there. The, the tears never stop, even if you're running Linux. No. <laughs> Speaking of a tears stopping, it's it's over. No more security corner for this week. Tune in again next week for more depressing news that will make you yes. want to give You're up welcome. technology and live in the woods. Live in a van. Maybe write a manuscript. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a manifesto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and a typewriter will. with a, a slightly off F key. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gaming quick hits. Now. Starfield secrets revealed. Make us feel better. What is this? I can't. So this Starfield, you know, the uh, Bethesda's swan song or uh, the the space game that they're promising is going to be absolutely amazing and, you know, restore our, our faith in Bethesda in being able to release anything that isn't, uh, best used as compost. Which is out in almost just over a month now. Chose to release three new introductory shorts. You know, oh, so gameplay game. footage of the like a beta build. No, they're oh. all animated. Oh, stylistically animated and very obviously not game engine. Or is this the look of the game, and it looks like you're watching an anime, but you're you're experiencing it. Oh, well, too meta, too meta. It's too meta. Stop it. Stop. They, they, yeah. So it's it's an odd choice. Uh, the gal whose uh, parents died and she's trying to rebuild the starship, it's a nice heartwarming minute and a half or so. But honestly, if you're about to release the game and you go with weird animated shorts, this is not... It's it's the second one, Sebastian, that's actually kind of cute. Uh, it's... It doesn't fill, fill me with a, a bunch of hope. I'm pretty sure the game is not supposed to look like what you're about to see. As for, you know, giving it flavor and sort of a background story, yes. But I don't know. You're a month off of release, a month and a half or a month and a week off of release. And you go with yep. this. Okay. Think of the game League of Legends, right? And then wasn't yeah. there a Netflix League of Legends based off I think of it? You're right. So 
it's all anime anyway. So not particularly original, but you know, hey, it's it's flavor, it's background. Yeah, yeah but my faith in this is just what well, doesn't exist to begin with. So it it looks cool. The frame rate is very low. The animated it is it's like twelve FPS animation, but no. But it's I'm a style to, more on this, this, to uh, the style stars. called cheap. That's the <laughs> they didn't even bother like speed racer quality fully coloring it in. Yeah, yeah it's a speed racer. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we have uh, some anime stuff that was made by some third party, and there's but no gameplay footage. It's a month away. Promising. It gets better. Somebody spent about 200 hours, apparently, uh, going through all of the available footage of through all, all the Starfield release. Yeah. And it figured out pretty much the entire skill tree based on four different uh, sets of uh, four different trees, uh, each of which have a whole bunch of different uh, things. You have to put four points in to be able to rank up to the next to be able to get interesting more skill things. And if you look into it, it's about a 44-page document on Reddit. It is, of course, you know, scraped from videos, so it's not necessarily true or not. But my God, it! if you thought that uh, some of the previous games just sort of overreached themselves and went just a little bit too big, Cyberpunk... This one looks like it went way too big unless you level up at an insane rate. There, there, you won't be able to prospect brand new worlds. You won't be able to check out new fauna. You won't be able to work your pistol or your shotgun or your heavy gun or your weapons on your ship without being able to level up and put stuff in. It is an obscene amount of skill points and it just looks like they wanted to shove everything they possibly could in and sort of hope it works. I, I want it to work. Don't get me wrong. I want it to work. I just, my trust in Bethesda died many, many years ago and it's, it's, it's not coming back from Starfield. Okay. Next up, uh, dying light Two, say human for Xbox series X. Is the story that it's on sale for more than half off? Yeah, and also if you click through the PlayStation 4 and 5, you'll see that it is also at 57% off, I believe. Oh, 60% oh, 60% off for PS5? Wait, that's four, PS4. PS4. PS, PS4. Okay, what about PS5? 58% uh, off. 58%. So last week, I noticed on Steam uh, that uh, Dying Light 2 was 50% off, and that was actually uh, something I brought up as casual game if you're if you're not getting enough parkour out of your run and gun perhaps you should be playing a little dying light every now and then um stay human too uh i'm i just bought it a little while ago i haven't had a chance to sit down and play it because you need like a number of hours that you just want to play video games and who's time for that sort of thing just put it in your library for goodness sakes anyway uh if this is the standard edition if you're looking to like put a little more parkour in your uh, video game life you might want to look into this for 25 bucks. There's probably more expensive ways to, <laughs> to kill time. <laughs> there are less expensive ways too, but this is this yeah. is in that sweet spot of amount of money yeah, to spend to waste yeah. time. Exactly. Uh, what was that other game? It was Park, uh, Mirror's Edge. That was another parkour game, right? 
Yeah. Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although that one was pretty stylish and yes. interesting. You know what? It's time for Picks of the Week. Yes. Josh, really? in box one, please take it away. Box one. Really six. But uh, you know what? If the prices are just still dropping on a lot of core com- com- components, uh, the uh, the Ryzen 5 5600X, still a great little gaming CPU. Six cores, 12 threads. Uh, does not have the Zen 2 vulnerability. Uh, doesn't have the Intel efficiency cores. No, this is just a 65-watt TDP that, that uh, you know, it performs well across the board. It's a little bit lower cross than the uh, clock than the 5800X and uh, certainly doesn't have the gaming performance of a 5800X3D, but at damn near 150 bucks or 160 155 or whatever, uh, it's dirt cheap for building a new machine for somebody you love or maybe even somebody you don't like but would like to like more. You know what I'm saying? Plus, it comes with a cooler. I mean, yeah. nice. It's, it's everything you need in one box. It makes it cooler. Well, except there's no yeah. integrated graphics, but you yeah. don't want that. It's a, it's a good little gaming processor. Come on. It is. And that sale ends in just three hours, is so, you know. Sold what, out for... Uh, what GPU today does that pair well with, do you think? Gosh, maybe maybe an Arc 770? Arc maybe. 770? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Zen 3 maybe. has aged very well. You're not really going to be does. held back yes. with anything. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, your pick of the week. Well, you know what's uh, cheaper than something on sale? Something that's completely free. Okay. Dungeons of the Endless. The uh, original one they started with the Endless series. You know, Endless Legends and Endless Space. But uh, Dungeons of the Endless is a pretty fun roguelike. It's it's a sort of a mix of a roguelike and a tower defense. It's free. You can add it to your library without any guilt whatsoever. I think the 100% discount on yeah. Steam you was 11 I, I, I'm forced to admit this is cheaper than $25. Yeah, and you don't have to feel bad if you never play it, but you should <laughs> because it's actually pretty fun. Are they trying to just up the reviews because uh, 63% of user reviews, reviews are positive. Mixed reviews, but they're going to get more oh. positive if you just give it away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I recommend. If recommend. you don't like that similar game, you're going to hate it regardless. Oh, because apparently there's some multiplayer yep. issues. Well, yeah. Uh, Endless does tend to have multiplayer issues still. Even uh, the last one they did was Endless Space 2. And yeah, it, it has some issues. And That's my family funny. gets annoyed because I'm much better at it than they are. So <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to play it anymore. It's sad. Doesn't that happen inside the family unit when you're like too good at a particular game? You're not. No one will play anymore. It's, well, I'm not, not my, to play that if, game. I'm not playing Civ Five with my brother anymore. He's figured that one out somehow. Mm, okay. Civ so Three or Civ Four, though. My dad and I can beat the snot out of him on that. All right, Brett, your pick. Um. 
I used to see this product out there a lot about keyboard overlays for applications that would kind of help you through using the application, um, allow you to learn the shortcuts. Um, well, you know, a lot of people. Where are you? No, I know VI. <laughs> Vim, Vim might be a little bit too enhanced for me. I'm more of a VI uh, guy. But besides Fair. that, uh, yeah. Uh, besides that, I I appreciated the fact that that the there was a way for uh, uh, somebody to learn complex applications and the keyboard shortcuts because it's always quicker than going back and forth to the mouse and all that. But then I came across this, which is an entire dedicated keyboard. And the nice idea, of course, with USB. If this is something that that you use a lot, and I, I picked this one for for you, Sebastian, uh, I think you're just taunting is, me with this. I almost, I practically am. But the, the the nicety with the USB keyboard is that you can have multiple keyboards plugged in. That's no big deal. Oh sure, and yeah. Just have of, my secondary keyboard stacked up yeah, above and just reach up. Yeah. I like that and, the shortcuts are all labeled though. You could so be like the 1980s. The uh, uh, rock bands, you got the two keyboards that you're playing at the same time. Oh, you yeah. could. Herbie Hancock, you know, like when he was in that, that fusion right. stuff. The, go hey, to a couple of the pictures Herbie. here. I'm not dissing Herbie. He had like, you know, a, a one keyboard and then another one below it, and they were all patched together with these crazy patches. This is pre MIDI. Hancock. This is yeah. pre MIDI. Okay. It was all analog patching going on grab another one of those pictures because it's actually not just the keyboard that's fully embossed and yeah grab go to the right and grab another one of the uh it's backlit as well so that you can so you can use it in a a, like a color directed room in the dark and so you're just getting just getting lit from the monitor and they have them for a a variety of applications i get lit in front of my monitor all the time yeah that's a totally different story as well but this is a really cool thing, and they've got them for dozens of, of very high-profile applications. Again, I picked this one for you, Sebastian, because it was still mm-hmm. Resolve. And they have the keyboard for both Mac and PC. So they have the different variants for where the enhanced or the, the shift option, the command, or, or Windows keys are labeled appropriately. It's a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, for if you, this is what you do a lot of, you might as well grab one of these and just switch back and forth between the keyboards. Just set your regular keyboard aside and shuffle this one in when you're in that mode. Uh, Kent, your pick. Uh, I'm actually wearing my pick for the week. Uh, this is the Biodynamic DT880 Edition. Ooh, these are the 600-ohm model. Uh, so you do need a bit of an amp to power them correctly. Um, but they're 169 right now from several reputable online marketplaces. Um, they're a fantastic headphone. They're well-built. They're comfortable. Uh, you can get the 250-ohm version if you don't have a high-powered headphone amp. Um, it is $9 more, but the 250-ohm still sounds very good. Uh, I've heard that the 32 ohm does not sound as good as the 250 or 600 ohm but if you've got a high powered amplifier or if you've got a uh, a speaker out post output to headphone adapter uh, you can get the 600 ohms to sound amazing uh, equivalent to a lot of headphones that cost a lot more money and and again 169 for german made it's fantastic nice nice very nice. Nice. Do you have a uh, headphone amp? Open? 
They're open, right? They, they say they're semi-open. They're semi. They're semi-open. They're not a full closed back. It's a little tight, but it's yeah, not a little t- yeah. gaping. That's sort Kent, of what I was picturing, Josh. Kent, uh, do, yes. you, do you have a <laughs> headphone amp recommendation for somebody? So they see the price, one sixty nine. You just have a PC. Is nice. there a DAC headphone combo under two hundred dollars you would recommend to get started with these, or no? Is that too uh, cheap? There is a, uh, a a a topping set. It's a DAC. And uh, then a, although you can use any DAC uh, really, but then there's a, a headphone amp, I believe it's called the LS50, um, that is quite powerful for a, an inexpensive headphone. It's Chinese made, but it's also extremely clean. Um, Jeremy I actually has use, a, uh, a favorite DAC. I was going to suggest that. Uh, Fossey? I still haven't convinced Fozzie to send over a headphone amp yet. Uh, yeah. I do kind of want to bug them for that. Now, do they have DAX? Not one that would take it. Yes, they do. Okay, uh, so I know you've done the, the power amplifiers a couple <clears throat> times. Like the V3 was the most recent one. Yeah, but they, no, they have headphone amps. It's just I don't own a headset that can actually drive it. No, oh, I see. In fact, one of the latest does. ones can do. It can act as a DAC, and it can also act as a yep. pass-through okay. um, using yeah, either they charge or like whatever. 130 yeah. bucks for it or something. It's inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're ridiculously good. Jeremy, I think I'm going to buy one, one of those V3s. I was one looking at your review today again. Yeah. I'm like, I, I need one. Because the coupon code still works. They're like 77 bucks. Yeah. No, that one I give to Chris, the troll upstairs, uh, because he does his own music. And it's a much more flat, so it gives him the actual true sound that it's going to be, and then he can modify it from there. I'd rather, I'd rather have the flat. I know that one doesn't have any tone controls. I'd rather have no tone controls, flat frequency response. No, it, yeah. Uh, and the frequency response on it is better than the two, uh, which is the one I'm using and the one that's boxed up that I might be sending to my mom. Because we do not sell products that we get to review here at PC Perspective. That's too useful. That's Why right. would you want to? Hmm. You can keep yourself I mean, warm. what else am I going to Ins- fill my house up with? Yeah, insulate your attic. Yeah. Buy a storage unit to put it all in and spend $130 a month on it. Well, we're happy okay. to give it to friends and family, but... Sure, yeah. You ain't going to sell it. I can't... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, we get into that. <laughs> Sebastian, do you actually have a pick? I do. My pick this wow. week is that Crucial X10 Pro I was talking about. I have emailed them. If they don't want to send one, I'm just going to have to buy one because I am very excited about a Gen 2x2. And I have at least one device that can actually make use of that. I mean, I mean sneaker net in my house is the way to go because my home network is not very fast. So if I can move files around at 2,000 megabytes per second, plus however long it takes me to run upstairs and then hook it into the computer upstairs and then start the file transfer. That's, I am saving several minutes. It gets, I mean, I'm limited to gigabit speeds on my home network. If only you had 2.5 gigabit network. What's it going to take to get you onto 2.5G? Uh, just an take? upgrade, an upgrade to my um, switch, I guess. Haven't we talked we t- and you enough. you picked a great one last week. I'm very tempted by that because it has the 10 gigabit, and then it has the 2.5s. Yes, yes. Sh- there are slightly passive? cheaper versions. That was passive, slightly right? Ch- it wasn't actively cooled. Correct. 
Okay. That's correct. It's passive. Just get it. But throw it in the cabinet. Yep. And and there's no transceivers required with that one. That particular board is available from a couple manufacturers. TrendNet is one of them. I think mm-hmm. QNAP might be another. But it's, it's essentially the same board in either one, and they're within like 10 bucks of each other. So whatever one's on sale is probably going to get the same mm-hmm. same amount of performance out of either one. There's no, no excuse. Like it yeah, allows you to do 10G backbone and 2.5G fan out. So it's a, yeah. it's a great deal. I don't have a 2.5 compatible NAS, but it's it has dual um, one gigabit, which you can you can team. So I could I could do that. Right. Yep. You can gang those up. Oh yeah, gang, not team. Gang. Team is what you did with modems, right? You would team modems together. Was that still gang? Where's teaming come from? Am I full of teaming? Uh, oh, teaming That's an, doesn't mm. doesn't matter. It's fine. That's an old soggy neuron. Okay. Uh, that was like ADSL. Yeah, thought we talked about this like a week ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, the teaming oh. is still a you create a lag, yeah. and also remember, shotgun was uh, was a fun modem. Oh no, that was a modem. ISDN also had a yeah modem teaming. I remember I talked about ISDN last time. It split it. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, MIMO now, multi in, multi input, multi. Well, that's channel bonding, which is apparently is the same thing as teaming and grouping. So, link aggregation, yeah, bond- yes, bonding. That's that's like, what we call it now. Bonding, link aggregation. Bonding is link aggregation. Lag. lag. Link lag. aggregation no. is one of the yeah. ways to enable that five G experience. You know, because you can do it with microwave. You can do it with uh, you know hotspot. Yeah. You can do it with. But one thing that hasn't changed throughout LTE. the years is lag. Lag is still lag. Well, lag is inherent in all wireless technology. And, and really? lag, and you put it every all the yep. packets back you together can go in order. See if you want. You know, so is half duplex, but people don't realize that. But whatever. Oh well. I was. I had a. My wife had I a going away thing. Remember getting my first full duplex modem at oh, 56k <laughs> full duplex. <laughs> oh my god. You didn't go through the fourteen four thirty three six phase. I know. I, I know. Uh, so we borrowed <laughs> that. My dad four. borrowed that one. It was yeah. I think the first one we bought was a ninety six hundred because it had just been yeah. released. Kermit, we were talking Remember about Kermit. the U.S. Robotics Tan U.S. Robotics four hundred. Yep. Oh, there you go. Yep, I had a I had a Zoom also with the digital readout in the front of it. Serial connection, yeah. And for you kids, it was it's a different Zoom. Yep, yep, exactly. But no hardware I, I flow remember. control for the win. <laughs> First time I saw that double shotgun modem was at work, and it was for backing up a, a Unix machine. Like, oh my god, what you can hit seriously? <laughs> no. It's time to end the show. Twenty-eight K. It's time to end the show. It's been another episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. And uh, we're going to do it again next week. I don't see any reason not to. Uh, Uh, We're going to do it again. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. News happens. It. We need to talk about it. It keeps on happening. And it's, we think it's over. And then then, companies rebrand themselves. And more stuff happens. Um, And companies. They step on themselves and in weird and awkward and embarrassing ways, and 
security problems crop up in two-year-old data breaches. Yeah, it's never ending. Uh, yeah. But remember, kids, if, if a small friend of yours with hairy feet tells you not to throw the token ring in the fire, just toss it in there. It needs to go. Yeah. <laughs>